0: 2021 will be one of my most defining years. More on why at the end of the episode. That's a teaser, but it's only because I have to lay the groundwork. I have to share all the things that I learned the hardest of ways, because apparently I am actually extremely stubborn and I will wheel and deal myself out of anything that feels even slightly uncomfortable. So to save you from the same grossness that is known as the hard way, Let me offer up what I hope will make driving down the road you're on a little bit easier. Consider this the Uber of podcasts. We're just gonna ride share our way to some personal growth. So here are seven things I've learned in 2021. Number one, don't use limited knowledge to limit God's promises. Not it, that's honestly what I spent most of 2021 saying. In January, God stirred up my heart on behalf of the women who are part of this No One Told Me community. And he said, there's more here than just hitting play each week. Okay, cool. Great. Love to hear it. But someone else can do it. You know, we've got a good thing going here. I don't want to mess it up by trying anything new. It's going to cost money and time and a whole lot of pride if it flops. But for four months, the desire grew. And with it came ideas on how to do it. I kept this growing dream a secret because I had already filled in the blanks of what people would think. Things like, who does she think she is to do that? That could have been done better. The problem was I could only see what I already had. I couldn't see what he was capable of doing. So in episode one of 2021, we talked about Luke five, when Jesus called the disciples. More specifically, we talked about what Jesus asked Peter to do before he was even a disciple. So after teaching to an ever-growing crowd, Jesus turned to Peter, who had just pulled his boat in from a night of fishing, and getting into the boat, Jesus said, push me out into the water so I can teach from there. So Peter did it, and he just kind of floated by Jesus while he finished teaching. But then Jesus turns to Peter again, and he says, go out further, deeper, deeper. Our friend Peter, he was not a huge fan of the idea, all right? He was exhausted from trying. He was defeated, a whole night of fishing, and nothing to show for it. Initially, Peter tells Jesus, you know, this is not a great idea. Here's why. Peter wanted so badly to call, not it, right? Not me. Lots of fishermen. Go ask one of them. But Jesus wanted Peter, and Jesus wants you. You have a heart shaped by a creator to do specific things that he's calling out of you right now. And maybe you're tired of trying. Maybe you believe someone else should do it. Yet here Jesus is looking at you, picking you, picking us to do his kingdom work. What did Peter decide to do? I'm pretty sure his words were, but if you say so. Listen, it's okay to have doubts. Honestly, God expects them at this point. Our understanding can never be like his. Doubts don't define your faith. It's what you do with those doubts that defines your faith. Peter pushes out deeper. He does the work to get there. And look what happened. Luke 5, 6. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. The abundance Jesus was offering wasn't going to be found in the shallow water. Jesus wants this abundance for us. He directs us to it. And on this side of 2021, I'm living in the abundance only found in choosing to push through the shallow doubts, clinging to my raft of faith, knowing getting to the deeper waters can be flat out exhausting, but these waters are full of his provision. We saw so many women show up over the course of eight weeks for the summer collective Something I thought would be, you know, 20 or 30 of us in my backyard became so much more because he is so much more than even the biggest, broadest, widest scope you can imagine. But my view had been small, my knowledge limited. So don't use limited knowledge to limit his promises. Which leads me to number two, a statement an incredible friend and mentor said to me this year. Faith requires the unknown. Maybe dealing with doubt isn't in praying for answers. Maybe it's in praying for faith. Being unsure isn't the problem. Refusing to move until we are sure is the problem. We cling to the known because we have convinced ourselves that we control the known parts, right? But God didn't task us with control. He's asking us for obedience So expect the doubts. That's normal. But what will you do in spite of the doubts? That is faith. I listened to a podcast the other day and the speaker said, God honors faith and risk and courage. All three things go together. God honors faith and risk and courage. He does and he will. So I've started praying courage instead of answers over my people in hard seasons. Answers to every question, that won't necessarily build your faith. Faith is obedience while there's still a question mark. You don't have to know how it all is going to play out to know what to do. Understanding is less about an answer and more about a posture. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We don't know what will happen, but we know who loves and cares for us enough to work it all out. For our good, when we're pursuing obedience, I want to be really clear on that because you know, like we're not just willy nilly jumping into whatever comes along. We're trusting his nudges along the way because, and this is number three, God's faithfulness isn't on a quota or a timer. His faithfulness doesn't run out, it's not subject to this scarcity principle. Like there's not enough for everyone, so obviously I am the one who will miss out on it. So we were in the driveway, sweating profusely, putting car seats in, when my mom said, Callie, when will you believe what is true for everyone else is true for you? Well, honestly, Carol, it's not the time nor the place to come for me like this, but I hate to say it, you're right. You know, I was treating God's faithfulness like there was a cap to it, like at any moment the other shoe was going to drop and everything would fall apart, or I would just look at what he was doing in someone else's life and compare it to what he was doing in my life what even is that a lot of it is rooted in insecurity and there's a whole lot more on that coming in 2022 i mean a conversation not more insecurity i hope not more insecurity but we're going to talk about that next year but let me just start with this little nugget for you to think through that i heard from pastor matt chandler he said see god rightly see yourself rightly believing his promises are for you starts with learning his promises see we have to see him rightly if we're going to see ourselves rightly so we learn who he is we learn his character that's the deep he's asking us to push out into if you know him and if you trust him you believe him do you see how that works but there will still be days that you feel depleted like you have nothing to offer. Good. Those days have the potential to be some of the best days because as number four says, where we end, he begins. Snot flowing, tears soaking the rug my forehead rested on and a blank journal next to me. That is a picture of what a lot of my early mornings looked like in 2021. Because when you pray a prayer like, God help me understand what I don't understand you realize a lot of what you didn't understand was actually self-preservation. You know what I mean? I mean, my mind is full of a lot of boxes. Just various memories put into storage because they didn't serve the reality that I was building. I knew what I was after. I knew what my goals were. Honestly, I just didn't want to be slowed down. But thanks to Jenny Allen and her book, Restless, I drug a lot of those boxes out and I started unpacking them this year. My understanding had been tied to my immediate circumstances, not to the overarching themes God had been crafting the past 33 years of my life. You have these themes woven into your life too, these unique threads of his faithfulness constantly steering and pointing you in a direction. The problem is, I didn't always know what to do with these unpacked boxes. Most times, I felt pretty helpless. And here comes that word again, insecure. See, instinct, it wanted me to like push everything back in and shove it behind the closed door. One morning after pushing play on yet another podcast, one of the top things I heard them say is, you're running a race, not working a formula. See, I thought if I could just figure out what I needed to add in or take away, that I could walk boldly and confidently. No, that's not it. All right. If I'm going to, as Hebrews 12 says, run the race marked out for me, I can't keep looking at how everyone else is running their race. No, when I approach that starting line every day, knowing I don't have what it takes, but because of the finished work on the cross, I can run this race. My eyes aren't set on my feet. They're set on Jesus and nothing else. Hear that part again. My eyes are set on Jesus and nothing else. Else, nothing else. Why am I repeating myself? Well, because our eyes and hearts are pretty fickle. They wonder, they get attached. And to use an old school word, what our eyes and hearts get the most attached to can easily become an idol. Hear me out now. This is number five. Idols are anything, if taken away, leaves you unsure of who you are. This is identity stuff, and it's integral, like at the root of understanding what God is calling out of you. An idol is anything that sits on the throne of your heart that isn't Jesus. It can be a relationship, a desire for a relationship, a job, a talent, or skill, a status, If how you describe yourself, if where you feel the most worthy and value is tied to what you have, what you do, who you know, you may be coming up against some idols. And as long as these idols sit on the throne of your heart, subtly guiding your thoughts and your words and your decisions, there's going to be a gap in your obedience. It's just really hard to hear the voice of God when your heart isn't set on God. God is so clear all through the Old Testament what he wants done with idols. In the midst of deconstructing so many of my own this summer, I pulled in a couple of friends to help me navigate what new boundaries and limits would look like. And one friend in particular, as I shared with her my plan to tear down one really large idol, she said, Callie, God said to break up with this idol and it looks to me like you're still holding its hand. Okay, that was rude, but it was true. I mean, we didn't have to like DTR this whole idol thing, but I had to take what she said because I wanted to keep certain parts that would still give me comfort instead of breaking away completely and trusting that God had so much more than what these idols could offer. And it was such a lonely work to deconstruct these altars because it wasn't really painful for anyone else. You know, it was a me thing. It was in this idol breaking season that I learned number six. Don't mistake the absence of his voice as the absence of his presence. A still, small voice, right? That's what God is described as sounding like, still and small at times. Sometimes the greatest comfort is found just in his spirit. No words, no answers, just the quietness of his spirit. And I think this might be my favorite fruit from 2021, a closeness with his spirit. In John 14, Jesus is explaining to the disciples what's about to happen. He's telling them, I'm going to leave you. And you know, they don't get it. They're asking a ton of questions. And I can just imagine the anxiety rising, the tension filling the room. But Jesus says, hang on, I'm leaving you peace, my peace, not anything this world can offer, because that can be taken away. I'm leaving you a peace that can't be taken Now, again, on this side of 2021, I'm content sitting in his peace. You know, we don't need great revelations or lightning bolt clarity, not when we have his peace that he offers so freely and the promise of his spirit that in the same passage says will advocate for us, comfort us, counsel us. Even before writing this episode, I sat and invited his presence in just five minutes of quiet. It's amazing what just five minutes will do for your soul. And I get it. It sounds kind of weird at first. But when you read what the Bible says about God's presence and the work done in his presence, trust me, you want it. So just try it. Maybe hit pause right now or plan a time tomorrow morning or tonight before bed, maybe before a meeting or in the middle of a stressful day. Just say, Jesus, I invite your presence in right now. And I want to just sit with you a minute guide my thoughts, quiet my heart, and then just sit. It will posture you to do number seven. Be a ladder. I first heard my friend Summer Phoebus from She Works His Way say this over the fall, and it's become a mantra for me in this new season. How can you elevate someone, right? Like, how can you look around and think, how can I encourage you? How can I create rungs that you need to keep growing, suggesting their name for a big project sharing something publicly that they did that you admire sending a text reminding them you're cheering them on using your gifts to build platforms for Jesus to be known there's so many ways you can do this if you know how to get somewhere why wouldn't you tell someone else and then get behind them and push man there is this year in January I said God I'm going to say yes to people more right? Because I'm a like get things done kind of person. I love accomplishment. I love getting to the other side and looking back and being like, man, we did something great. But I just knew in 2021, God wanted me to see people, right? He wanted me to make space for people. And so I tried it. And I loved it. I mean, I loved pouring into people, looking them in their eyes and pointing out all the ways Jesus is using them. It'll make you want to run some laps, I promise you. And I feel like I've said it approximately 1 million times over the past three years on here. But if you think of someone, reach out. You know, it's like a simple text, a quick DM. Most of us, if we get real honest and vulnerable, we really love to know when someone's thinking about us, someone's praying over us. So let them know. All of these things, one through seven, lead to the deeper waters we talked about back in January. I know it because, as Adele says, I'm rolling in the deep, friends, right? The deepest waters I think I have ever been in. And it was real scary paddling out here. It required a lot. The biggest sacrifice being my job. Man, I loved my job with my whole heart. And see, that was the problem. I'd served over 14 years doing all sorts of tasks under leadership that believed in me and constantly brought out my giftings, positioning me to do things that filled my cup to the brim. But again, that was the problem. I had tied every gift, every ability, every ounce of value to a position. And this was the result. Realizing this was the result of praying, God, help me understand what I don't understand. So in spite of every doubt and insecurity, every deal I tried to cut, every loophole I tried to shape, I had to go in blind. I quit. And I actually wasn't going to share that last bit here, but it is honestly my because you say so moment. Remember, like Peter said, I had more excuses not to do it than reasons to do it. But obedience isn't a formula. It's a race marked out for me, only me. Yours is different. It's hard and painful in other ways. But the freedom on this side, guys, the confidence and flat out sureness in and of the God that I serve, I don't know how to describe it. I have sat here and I've typed and I've backspace and I've typed. I don't have all the words. It's like I have no idea what's going to happen next and I'm good with it. The problem with tying myself to something of this world, a relationship, title, position, status, or person, is that nothing in this world is permanent. Every single thing will fade. But Jesus won't. His peace won't. His desire for us to push out deeper and experience the abundance, the incredible, freeing, heart filling abundance that waits there, that won't fade. This open-handed living means even as other doors swing wide, I don't feel any pressure to walk through them. I'm taking my cues from God and the story that he's writing. This is an unhurried life. It's a soul-filling life. Man, you got to get in on it, but it takes some deep work. A pastor I listen to quite a bit on my long runs says that deep work is best done in community, and it is because it's hard. And if left to ourselves, geez, it is good to give up and no one know, right? Like we don't have to tell anybody because they didn't even know we were doing it. But when you start sharing the work God's doing, the work you're moving toward in spite of doubts, this faith-filled work, people who love you and love Jesus want to walk beside you. And on the hard days, they're going to offer you very gently some accountability to keep you going. So last summer, we started The Collective. It was a collection of women in pursuit of the more Jesus has for them. We heard from incredible women all summer on topics that fed our souls and stirred our thoughts. But we stopped there, right? The easy part is pushing play. The slightly harder part was showing up. But now, the deep part. Letting people in. The collective returns in 2022. Monthly gatherings and the option to opt into a group of women who will tackle some hard questions, who will choose to go deeper with you as we set out to unpack some of our boxes that we have kept behind closed doors. We're going to voice our doubts and we're going to choose faith. The details are all still coming together, honestly, in a way only God can pull it together. And if you'd like to play a part in orchestrating the collective, we're adding to the team. Send me a DM at notmpodcast or email callie at podcast.com. We've listened for the past three years. We've pushed play every Monday. Now it's time to start acting, knowing what God can do with our faith, however big or small. He wants to use us. Maybe it's time we created the space for him to do just that. Stay tuned for details at notmpodcast.com on Instagram. I'll see you over there.